Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you.
so gentle, thundering noise, oh God, all that you are is so
It was my cross you bore so I could live in the freedom you died for. And now my life is yours and I will sing of your
glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. You're the name above all names. Be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place. You alone deserve our praise. You're the Acts 2.37, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Acts 2.37. Not too long ago, I told you I got to talk to the kids at the Hope Center about baptism, and they had a ton of great questions. It was probably uh, one of the best talks that I've been a part of with kids. They listened. They just asked me everything, and I answered what I could and what I thought, and uh, it was just amazing. Baptism always has a lot of questions and answers. Every time we do a, a membership class, we talk about baptism and what we believe as Nazarenes. Baptism is not something that is entirely agreed upon in the Christian realm, there are, and I think that's why there are a lot of questions about it. Uh, can a baby be baptized? Should a baby be baptized? Do I have to be baptized in order to be saved? Can I be a Christian without being baptized? Do I have to have the full submersion thing? Do I have to go completely under the water? Can I be sprinkled? Can I be poured upon? Can I, uh, uh, whatever it is. Those are just some of the questions that I've heard. And they're all great questions, but here's the thing. Sometimes we spend all our time focusing in on those questions and asking them instead of just doing what we should do. Sometimes we ask a lot of questions because we generally want to know. But sometimes we ask a lot of questions because we're trying to find a way out to not doing something that we know we should be doing, that we're called to do. And as soon as I would tell you, no, you do not need to be baptized in order to be saved that could be the end of the story for you and you could tune everything out and say, I don't have to do that. It must not be important, but it is. It is immensely important. And I hope that's reinforced today. I want us all to rethink baptism because today, baptism in our culture is optional. It's become optional. And we don't do it a lot of times. But baptism was not optional back then. The time of Jesus the first century church, it was expected. And we need to return to those days. 
Acts 2.37, would you stand in honor of God's word? When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through it. Soften our hearts, open our eyes. Let us hear from you. and Let us be transformed by you. And let us be challenged, and let us respond, Lord. Father, we give you all honor and praise and glory. May all eyes be on you, Lord. We just thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Right before this passage is when Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, preaches the gospel. Right? They heard Jesus died on a cross for the penalty of their sins and that he was buried and that he rose to life from the grave. And how did they respond? What did we see? They were cut to the heart and asked, what must we do? Peter replies, repent and be baptized, right? Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice how they didn't respond to this. They didn't ask a bunch of questions, right? They just did it. And those that, that accepted the message were baptized. They repented, they got baptized, and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It kind of hit me this time when I read this because uh, I think sometimes I'm the type of person that wants to examine every angle. Just kind of go through uh, the different things, ask a bunch of questions. Okay, but technically, does that mean that somebody has to get baptized or is repenting enough? When does the Holy Spirit come? Is the gift of the Holy Spirit different than the Holy Spirit coming? Right? Is this right after a person repents? Is it, is it when they go in the water? Is it when they come out of the water? Is it when they say yes to following Jesus? Is it, is it whatever? Does the Holy Spirit enable us to even respond? to him, to his call. Great questions. But I think if there was an eight-year-old that heard this message right in here today, heard somebody ask, what must we do? And the answer was repent and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I imagine they would just do that. I imagine they would get it. Okay, let's go. Let's get baptized, right? That's how an eight-year-old would respond. And that's how the believers back then did it, right? They didn't go into theological scholar mode. They just heard repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Great. Thank you for telling me that. Let's do it, right? I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, man, here in American Christianity, we've gotten off base. 
right? We think we can become a Christian without repenting. We don't blink an eye about not being baptized. And we don't have a clue about the Holy Spirit half the time. I'm looking at me, and I hope I've preached on how you have to repent, on how you have to surrender your life. I hope I have called you to be baptized. I hope I have encouraged you in that. I hope we are all filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes in America, the message is, though, just come down the aisle, pray the sinner's prayer, and receive Jesus. And I hope that is not the extent to which I've preached to you today and in the last couple years. Because it's often what I think is seen in America today, in American Christianity. What's wrong with that? Well, first, do you see that anywhere in the Bible? Come forward, say the prayer of salvation. Can you think of a passage of Scripture where that's there? Or maybe stay in your seat and accept Jesus right into your life. Do you see that in the Bible anywhere? Are these things bad? No. But if that's it, we're missing out on the truth. Because Jesus calls people to what? Follow him. Follow him. People are called to repent and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit or receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Paul wrote to Romans in, in, in chapter 6, verse 3, he says, Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? He's telling them to think back to their baptism, right? Think back to when you were baptized, not if, when you were baptized. It was just assumed. And all throughout the New Testament, right, it's filled with people who hear the gospel, people who hear the good news, and they repent, and they get baptized, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. All over the place. And I guess I feel like we've just kind of missed the mark with that when it comes to baptism. I feel like I've done a, a poor job in preaching that message. And I hope to rectify that today. Baptism marked John's ministry, right? John the baptizer or John the Baptist who came before Jesus and prepared his way. Mark 1.4 says, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Baptism marks the beginning and the end of Jesus' ministry on this earth, Mark 1, verse 9, at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. When Jesus is preparing to leave and giving the church the final orders of how to continue on, right? He gives the great commission to his followers found in Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
We are called to baptize people. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what the first church did, right? Acts, where it records the acts of the apostles, the acts of the church is filled with baptism. Philip's preaching to a group of people, Acts 8, 12. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. This same Philip is called to go to this to this road and look for somebody right, and he encounters this Egyptian eunuch traveling on that road, Acts 8.35. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here's water. Listen to this. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Acts 10, Peter is preaching to the Gentiles, telling them the good news. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking the words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 16, Paul and Silas are imprisoned. God busts them out, busts all the doors out to the jail open, but Paul and Silas remain, right? They don't leave. Instead, they get the opportunity to preach the gospel to the jailers, right? Verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's it, people. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed the ruins. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. There's a pattern here. There's a pattern all throughout the New Testament. People are presented with the good news. They hear the gospel, right? And the gospel cuts them to the heart. You remember that? That day? They believe on the Lord Jesus. They put their faith in him, right? They repent, and they are baptized and filled with the Spirit of God. I will not make the claim that you have to be baptized in order to be saved, Ephesians 2.8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So I won't say that you have to be baptized but that was the response everybody took back then, right? When they heard the good news, when they repented, they were baptized and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Baptism was expected. And so I tell you, you should be baptized, every one of you. I don't care your age. I don't care your ability, right? We can do it in a pool. We can do it standing next to the pool, Right? I will dunk you with water. I don't mean to make light of that. But don't let anything get in the way of that. If you know him, 
if you've repented, if you've turned, if you're following him, be baptized. Let me go off on a side note. Because it is a response, we don't baptize babies, right? Because they can't make the choice to repent. They can't accept Christ, right? They don't understand the gospel at that young age. Instead, we dedicate babies. We dedicate them to God. And that's more about the parents saying, we as parents will train our kids up in a way to follow Christ. We will encourage them to do that. And so that's when we as a church join them, right? Because it's difficult. And so we dedicate babies. If you are baptized as a baby and you haven't done it as an adult, I would encourage you to be baptized now that you understand, now that you have made the decision, chosen to put your faith in Jesus Christ, chosen to follow him, right? As you read the Bible, you see baptism and people's response to accepting the gospel in the early church left and right, and it should look the same today. Repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to skip over the idea of repentance, right? We saw that John the baptizer preached a baptism of repentance. That's what it says for the forgiveness of sins. We also see the message in Jesus. That's his first message that he preaches in his earthly ministry. Matthew 4, 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn. It means if you're walking in this direction, right, living for your kingdom, and you encounter Jesus Christ, and he says, follow me, you turn, and you start following him in whatever direction he is headed. That is the picture of repentance. And I don't know how well this is communicated today. We talk about becoming a Christian. We talk about accepting Jesus as our Savior, right? Putting our faith in Jesus to save us. But people, we're called to follow him. We're called to also make him our Lord. That means whatever he asks us, we say yes. He is the way. He told people he was the way, right? John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me, right? Sometimes in America, I think Jesus calls us to follow him, and we say, no, you follow me. You, you ride with me. I want to keep living my life the way that I want to live it, so you just come with me, and it's great, because I can just use Jesus whenever I get in trouble, right? I can pull him out when I'm facing those tough times, and I can put him away when everything's good. And thank God, at the end of my life, when I'm facing the possibility of hell, I can pull him out, and he'll save me. It's not how it works. It's not the message. We're called to repent, to turn, to follow him. I was heading in this direction. I was doing these things, but now I'm following you. We're called to pick up a cross, right? We're called to count the cost before we make that decision because it's serious. We're called to follow him. We simply can't be a follower of Jesus if we're not following him.
right? That's common sense. And follow him is what he calls us to do. Peter, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men, right? Peter was headed in this direction. I'm a fisherman. And he encountered Jesus Christ and Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. And it cost him his life. It cost him everything. He had to lay down the nets. He had to lay down his livelihood. But he did it. And what a life he got to experience. Right? You're going to have to change directions. You are going to start. We always start moving in our own direction. Doing what we want to do. What we feel is right. And he always comes to us. He always comes to us and says, follow me. And I'm headed in a totally different direction. And you have to make the decision whether or not you do or you don't. And I pray that you do. I pray you turn, and I pray you follow him. Follow me, and I'll show you a better way of living, right? A way filled with joy and the peace of God. But, but Lord, I just want to keep on living my own way, right? It kind of makes me chuckle because we fight this. We think like following God's way is going to be super boring and bad and whatnot. Man, Lord, if I follow you, I'm going to have to stop getting drunk and wasted and feeling like crap the next day, right? It's horrible. Horrible being that follower. Or Lord, if I follow you, I'm I'm not going to be able to lie to people anymore. I'm not going to be able to hate people anymore. I'm not going to be able to cheat on people anymore, right? We think when we follow God, we have to give up all this amazing stuff, but what are we really giving up? It's garbage. It's death. It's destruction. It hurts people. It hurts ourselves. That's what he calls us to give up. And when we truly get it, right, we realize that this is something amazing that he gives us, something amazing that he offers us. It's like we're headed in this direction to death, right? And we encounter Christ, and he calls us to life, to an amazing life of purpose. That's what I've gained. I've gained freedom. There's no condemnation for me in Christ. That's amazing. There's peace. There's joy. There's eternal life. And when you get that, you see how amazing it is. And you're like, man, I have to have this life. And i got to share it with everybody else that I know. I'm not going to let anyone or anyone stop me from being on this path. I'm going to repent and follow him. Do you see God as a great treasure? Do you see him in that way? Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. That's repentance. He sold all that he had. There was nothing left that he tried to hold on to in his old life that was worth more than this great treasure. That's what happens when we encounter Jesus Christ and he flips our lives upside down. At least that's what's supposed to happen. 
when he calls us to follow him. That will flip your life completely upside down. Some respond and some don't. Our response should include repentance and baptism. What is baptism about? First Peter 3.20, it kind of starts off in the middle of a sentence. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, so Peter says here, this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you, right? Right after he makes the statement, he clarifies just so they don't mess it up. I don't mean that the literal dirt that's removed by the water, right, from your flesh, I don't mean that saves you. Yes, baptism does save you, but it's not that physical act, right? It's about this pledge to God that you're making at this time. It's this pledge to God for, your, for a pure and clean conscience. Other translation says it's this appeal to God for a clean conscience. This is about us calling out to God, pure and simple. See, your, your baptism was supposed to be at that time a pledge to Jesus Christ. You're pledging yourself to him. You put the ring on, right? That's what baptism is. It's a symbol. You put the ring on, right? And you say, you are my Lord. And you, I put all my faith, all my trust. And he says, just like with Noah's ark, right, where the wrath of God came, there were eight people that climbed into the ark and were saved by climbing into it, by getting into it. You see, that's the picture of baptism. With baptism, there's this idea of I'm climbing in and being saved by God by what he's provided. What's the ark that God has provided to save us today? What can we be in that will save us today? It's simply Jesus Christ. Right? I am going to be in Christ. That is how I'm saved. Baptism is a picture of of this. As Romans describes, we are in Christ, we are going into salvation, into his sacrifice, into everything that he's done for us. With baptism, you are identifying with Christ. You are being buried with Christ when you go under that water. And just like Christ rose from the grave, you are rising again to this new life. That is the symbol when you come up out of that water. It's you going into the ark but the ark is Jesus Christ. So baptism, the actual physical act of the water, you know, cleaning off the dirt in your skins, that's not what saves you. But it says what saves you is the appeal that you're making at that time. It's the faith that you're putting in Christ, right? It's the public confession to everyone around you that you're making at that time. You are declaring that your faith is in Christ to save you. We declare, we declare that to ourselves and to the world around us. I'm in Christ. My friends, that is the only hope I have. I realize that more and more the older I get, that is the only hope I have 
to be saved, is to be in Christ. I'm betting everything on that. He is the way of salvation. He is the only way to the Father, and that's the truth, right? God never said, if you want to follow me, raise your hand and come down this aisle and pray the sinner's prayer. I'm not saying that's wrong. And you can, you can make that decision to follow Christ through that because you can declare your faith in him and you can pledge to do that, right? But we have to realize there is a call to repent in that. There is a call to follow him and I believe he reveals that even in those moments. There is a call also to be baptized. There is a call also to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about the Holy Spirit. I don't think there's enough talk and experience with the Holy Spirit. And I think it's because simply we lack repentance. Pure and simple. As simple as that, right? If all you want to do is keep yourself from going to hell and you have no desire to repent or to follow Jesus, right? There is no need for the Holy Spirit. No need, right? Why do you need him? Maybe to do some tricks or perform some miracles. The Holy Spirit is needed if you truly repent and want to follow Jesus, right? And only those who repent want to follow him. If you don't repent, you don't need the Holy Spirit. But if you do and you want to follow him, you know, I know, you need the Holy Spirit's power, right? You need the Holy Spirit's power to, to follow what we're called to do in this book. That is the only way we can live this life. Up to, if it's up to me, if it's up to my strength, if it's up to my power, there is no way I can live this out, right? But if the Spirit of God lives inside me, that is possible. If the Spirit of God changes my heart, my desires, right? then it's possible. That's where we need to be, right? You want to hate sin? You want to love people unconditionally? You try to do that on your own strength? You want to be a slave to, or you don't want to be a slave to your anger, to your bitterness, right? You want to be generous and not greedy? You want to live like Christ? The only way that happens is through the power of of the Holy Spirit. The only way, right? You can't do it on your own. You and I can't pull off that life. There's no way. So God, would you pour out your spirit on me, right? Would you change my heart because I really want to slap that person? I know I shouldn't. I know your word says that I shouldn't, and your word says that I should forgive that person, but I don't want to. So Lord, you are going to have to change me Please do, right? Please do. Please help me to live a holy life, right? Change my heart because I'm selfish. I'm greedy. I'm filled with anger. I want revenge. And unless you change me, I'm going to stay on that path, right? But I want to follow you, and I know you can help me to do that. You can enable me to to stay in that direction that you've called me to do. I want to be holy and pleasing to you.
some of you are missing out on this. And I'm not here to guilt you on that, right? I just want you to experience what God has for you. But you need to know you got to want it. You've got to quit heading in your direction and start following him with whatever that means, whatever he's calling you to do, right? Personally. You got to follow him. You got to repent and follow him. I want to be used in life to help people find Christ. I love joining with other people in this mission. There is absolutely no way that I or you or we can do that on our own power, though, without the Holy Spirit. If we aren't willing to repent, we have no chance in our mission. Jesus is the way, the way to the Father. You enter this path when you come to know him, but it's a constant choice to die daily to stay on this path. It's a constant choice to repent of what he brings into our view and makes us aware of to follow him and say yes. And along that path, God reveals truth after truth after truth. Hey, you got to forgive people, right? And it's a choice. Do I follow him or do I do my own thing? Maybe a truth's been revealed to you today, right? Like you need to repent. Like you need to follow him. Like maybe you've been doing life on your own terms, in your own ways, and you're just adding Jesus to your life. That does not work. Maybe you realize, I need to repent and follow him. If that's the case, I pray that you would be baptized today. I pray that you would make that official, that you would commit to that, right? I pray we would be like that Egyptian eunuch. Look, there's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized, right? What can stand in the way of that? Nothing. Be baptized, right? I want to invite you into that. Yes, I know you might not be dressed for it, right? You might not have been prepared for it. You might not, whatever. It might be inconvenient. Yes, your hair will get messy, Jesus walked 60 miles to get baptized. 60 miles. That's here to Mansfield and back. It may be inconvenient, but if you're a believer, right, it'll be worth it. If you're someone who has received the good news that you know that Jesus Christ died on a cross for you and you're putting your faith in that, why not make it public? Why not proclaim it to the world? Why not have a great reminder for yourself that you can look back to like a wedding ring, right? I'm reminded that I'm married to Adivy. Baptism is a reminder that I'm married to Christ. That he is my everything. He is my hope. Man, I am not a good person. And it is only the fact that I am in Christ that I have any hope. Right?
teens, all the stats tell me 80% of you will walk away from your faith. 80%. We'll, we'll not just stop going to church. You'll turn your back on your faith. I'm calling you to give your life to Christ completely. To accept him as your Savior, as your Lord, and to follow him with all and everything. All the days of your life. I'm calling you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. I'm calling you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Will you? Adults, are you following Christ? In your core being, do you really believe God is great? Do you really believe that? Because I think most of us, if somebody asked me, would say, yes, I believe God is great. But it's like the story that we read with that man who purchased the field, right? Who, that man who really understands what the kingdom of God is like. The one who, who sees that field and the treasure in it. Who realizes how valuable it is, right? And he walks away from that field and says, man, I will sell everything in order to have it. With a joyful heart, it adds. Not grudgingly. I'd trade everything I own because this is so amazing. Forget what anyone thinks of me. I want this relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Is he that valuable to you that you're willing to give up everything in order to follow him, right? If that's the case, be baptized. Repent, follow him, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're the person that says, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give all that up for him just to get God. Well, you just don't get it. You just don't get it yet. Stick around, though. Keep coming to this church. Keep praying and asking him to reveal the truth to you. And one day you will. One day I hope you will. Because it will change everything. It will flip your life upside down. Maybe your prayer is, Lord, I, I, I don't even desire this. But Lord, if you're real, change my heart. Teach me. Show me your love. Let me live in response to that. Right? Ask the Holy Spirit to change you. To empower you. Aren't you tired of sin in your life that is weighing you down? Aren't you tired of struggling with that same old thing? The God of the universe wants to put his spirit in you and give you freedom. If you'll let him. Would you stand with me? Today, if you want to be baptized... You can be baptized. I'm going to ask you two things, right? Is all your faith in Jesus Christ and not in you? Do you realize there is nothing you can do to save you? And if your answer is yes, then I'm going to ask you, will you promise to follow him? Will you make a vow to follow him with everything? And if your answer is yes to that, then I'm going to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, right? In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
you can be baptized. Yeah, it may be inconvenient for you today, but you can be baptized if you say those things. The question is, will you? The question is, when Jesus comes to you and says, follow me, will you say yes? If you do and you've never done that before and you've never been baptized, if you say yes, then be baptized to that. Amen? I'm here. If you want to talk, I was baptized long after I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. But I came to the point where I realized I needed to accept him as my Lord. And I needed to follow him. I was 30. Saved at 8. Didn't realize it, though. God reveals truths along the way. And we just have to respond to it. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you've been a Christian forever. I don't care if you were baptized and you didn't get it back then. Maybe you should be baptized now that you get it, right? Now that you're willing to say that. Anybody, right? Well, I am a wretched person. Praise God you realize that. I am too, right? I am a wretched person saved by my faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to identify in him. I want to tell the world and I want to tell myself that that's the truth. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would prompt people to follow you if they're not already, if they haven't made that decision already. Lord, and I know some have probably already made that decision to follow you, but maybe they haven't been baptized. Father, I pray that they would do that, regardless of any excuse that they have, Lord. Father, I pray that we would leave this place. I pray that we would leave this time proclaiming you as our Lord and Savior, Lord, and that you would give us opportunities to share that good news with anyone that you put into our paths. Father, will you do that? Will you give us an opportunity this very week to do that? Father, will you go with these teens? Lord, not just the teens that are going, but would you call all of them to follow you? And I pray that they would say yes. And I pray that you'd flip their lives upside down. I pray that you'd call some to be preachers, some to become teachers, some to become missionaries. Father, I pray you'd all, you'd call them all though to lay everything down and surrender everything. Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray, amen. <music>